0: Okay, listen, folks, when we do props on our show, please don't take them too seriously. Because somehow after last week I was eating a pumpkin spice donut in our cold open here, uh, we ended up with uh, this situation. Uh, JB, what is that?
1: That is the quick trip Glazers Bowl trophy that will be handed out to the winner of the Wisconsin Lutheran Carroll game this weekend. Wow. Look at that. We talked about it a little bit on the, um, the Reddit space that we were on last night. Thanks to Reddit college football for having Frank and I on. We were, you know, we were talking past 10 o'clock maybe we, that's why we're a little, a little bleary eyed this morning for this Friday live show. We might need some more coffee and, and one of these, uh, Glazers donuts right here. It looks pretty good.
0: No kidding. Uh, in fact, I did not get my donuts uh, today, so I, I'm feeling a little bit uh, logie, so um, let's get back to us for a second. There's something else, J.B., that uh, I think you're, you kind of want to address um, in the interest of equal time, um, and you know, all the stuff I've picked on you about over time. Uh, would you like to address this uh, issue?
1: Yeah, apparently there's there's actual video of a certain elected political official attempting to line dance out there, and um, it's a bit salacious, kind of a, could be scandalous. You know, let's roll the tape and let's let's see what's going on here um, up in up in Boston Spa. I've heard I've heard some rumors that there's some funny, funny business happen on there with a certain mayor. You got, you got some pretty
0: good work, cool, Frank. God. you got the face, okay. too. The face is on? on. Yeah, seriously. face. The is on,
1: yeah. Frank's digging the face. Look at that face. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the best thing I think that's ever been on the show. <laughs>
2: <sighs> Welcome hey, to season you know, 15. When you're,
1: when you're the mayor of a town, you got to just... You gotta roll with it. You gotta be there for the people, even if it requires doing the electric slide.
0: Welcome to season 15 of In The Huddle. Might be having uh, some minor difficulties, it looks like, again, uh, with our uh, broadband stream. It seems to be straightening back out here. Don't move too much, uh, JB. That That's the key. Don't move, and it'll be much lower broadband uh, that we're wasting. Yeah, it's just stay in that position. You're doing great. Um, we have uh, a guest coming on uh, in a little bit, and I, I, they actually just showed up, so... Let's do this. Uh, let's talk about uh, Region 1 and 2 games real quickly, and then we will bring on our guest uh, in a second here uh, to talk about one of the games that is on this list. JB, take it away.
1: Yeah, so starting tonight we have about four um, games kicking off, starting at 6 and then at 7 p.m., mostly in New England. The one that I think that stands out to me tonight anyway is that Endicott versus WPI game. Uh, the engineers seem to be an improved team. Endicott still kind of the standard bearer for New England D3 football. But then you jump to Saturday, and there's some really interesting matchups in Regions 1 and 2, some of them kind of cross-region. Um, Randolph-Macon's coming up from Region 3 to play Catholic. Uh, Mass-, Mass Dartmouth versus Anna Maria, uh, a couple of teams that are conference championship contenders this year. Rowan versus Springfield is an interesting game. That was, that was a match last year that uh, that Springfield actually, they rolled over the Profs. Uh, can they do it for the second year in a row? Brockport versus Ithaca, great upstate New York rivalry between two strong programs. And then the game that I know that you're going to be at, Frank, uh, is kind of the, the engineer bowl or the uh, really smart guys bowl. Carnegie Mellon takes on RPI in Troy, New York at the ECAV. It should be an exciting game. I think – you know, we, we sort of you know, differ back and forth on some of the games of the week, but it seems like we agree that uh, that Carnegie Mellon-RPI game will be exciting in Region 2, although, hey, I mean, Brockport-Ithaca is always a top-notch one, but um, Rowan-Springfield Rowan was my pick. Randolph-Macon-Catholic was yours for Region 1. What do you think, Frank?
0: I, I think it is close one-two in Region 2. Uh, Brockport-Ithaca, for me, is uh, definitely a number two, close to uh, the uh, Carnegie Mellon RPI game. Uh, in some respects, it might be the best game uh, in the region. It's, just, it's like picking uh, favorite children, really, uh, when you look at this uh, over our history of the show. But, JB, I want to uh, kind of uh, pull back out for a second here. And uh, we have a guest coming on in a second here. And uh, for folks that didn't see this, Back in, I want to say February, uh, here's a little announcement, and you'll see some, uh, I think, jubilation related to the fact that he was the pick of Ithaca. And right now, I'm very pleased to introduce in person your next head football coach. <laughs> Ask him to turn his camera wow. on here. Yeah, there it goes. So we'll bring him in right now. Michael Turper, Ithaca Bombers head coach. Coach, take us back to that moment. How did that feel?
2: Still gives me chills, guys. My hair is standing straight up right now. And it's really about just loving being with those guys every day and, um, you know, just building relationships with them when I was here before, going through the recruiting process for a lot of them and watching them grow and now being here with them in their junior and senior and fifth years, uh, it's been pretty special.
0: For those that don't know, uh, you had a history of uh, being their defensive coordinator for a number of years and then uh, left for Holy Cross for a couple of years, had a great experience there. Uh, they uh, did well under your tutelage and then came back. Why, why do it? Why come back uh, after getting into the uh, FCS range of uh, the world? You know, I, I understand head coaching is important when it comes down to it, but why do it uh, for, in your own words?
2: It was a really tough decision, but actually ultimately one that, you know, was a no brainer at the end of the day. Um, when we left Ithaca, my wife who is an Ithaca alum, um, she's from the Binghamton area. You know, when we left, it was a really tough call um, going over with coach Chesney, who I just admire so much and wanted to learn um, not just defensively from, but just how to be a head coach, um, you know, at, at that level. Right, I think that was something that was important to me. Uh, but I, I told my wife when we left, she wasn't too thrilled about it, but uh, she was excited about the new opportunity. I told her if this job ever opened up as the head the head job, then we'd certainly you know put our name in the hat and and come on back if if we could. But certainly wasn't expecting it to be two years later. Um, you know I thought Coach Swantrum would be here for a little bit longer, and um, but you know you don't get to pick your timing sometimes in life. So I'm I'm glad the opportunity arose, and and certainly. It was something that I went after pretty hard um, because I wanted to be back here with this Ithaca bomber community as well as those players, right, and the people that are attracted to this place.
1: Uh, One little random offshoot, Coach, is that actually I think one of your defensive players at Holy Cross, uh, Cullen Hollihan, is a uh, family friend. His dad, Trevor, and I are buddies. We've known each other for about 10 years. Uh, I know you guys had a great run there in the Patriot League, winning, I think, two or three titles during that time. But coach, I mean, right now you're you sort of parachuted into this great position. Uh, you've got a team that's loaded with uh, senior, fifth year senior talent. Your offense pretty much came back um, almost 100 percent complete. Met minus Andrew Vito, who, you know, is a loss. But still, you, you, you have a lot of talent on offense. You put up 51 points in week one. Congratulations on your first win as a head coach. What was that like for you to kind of get that first game
2: um, experience going into this year? I was so much fun to just get on the road with those guys a focus group that you know again that that senior leadership that veteran mentality that our guys bring to the table this year you know they've been on road trips before they understand how it goes i, I was adjusting back to their schedule a little bit and um you know just we talked about playing a clean game playing complimentary football on saturday and we went out and did that from an administrative standpoint from protecting the football uh, from making the plays when they presented themselves i was really proud of the way we we executed on Saturday and we know there's going to be um, some really tough games ahead that it's not going to go as cleanly, but um, we've got to really make sure that we stick together. And, and um, you know, I, I'm excited to see how we respond when we get some adversity. And, you know, as you guys know, we got a tough opponent coming up tomorrow that there, there will be some ups and downs without a doubt in this game tomorrow.
0: The scouting report we got on Brockport coming into this year is that they had a lot of strong freshmen that didn't necessarily get playing time in 2021 that are rising up and they're becoming a stronger team uh, and will be doing that over the next few years. Is that an accurate portrayal of what you're going to be facing tomorrow? A lot of uh, talented depth, but youth at the same time?
2: All I know about Brockport is that they run the football, they hit hard, they're physical, they're gritty. They, they don't care how they win the game. They just want to win the game. And, and I got a lot of respect for Coach Mangone and his coaching staff and, and the group that he puts out in the field every week. So we know we know who they are. They know who we are. And it's going to be a, a really physical affair up in Butterfield Stadium tomorrow. Coach, if I'm
1: not mistaken, I think the very first play of your tenure as an Ithaca Bomber head coach was a 80-something yard touchdown return for off the, off the opening kickoff which is pretty rare because one of the things we talked about in our week one wrap up was that there were a lot of special teams errors that we saw, you know, missed kicks, safeties, ball flying over, you know, guys head in the end zone, those kinds of things. As as from a coaching perspective, especially, you know, a lot of times special teams units are the younger guys. How do you, how do you coach them so that those little mistakes don't end up shooting yourself in the foot?
2: No, that was, that was special. It was a 96 yarder. and And for me, Yeah, I've got a great offensive coordinator and offensive staff. I got a great defensive coordinator, defensive staff. I, you know, when I came in as the head coach, I wanted to plug and play where I was needed. And, um, you know, I am running the special teams this year. So for it to happen on the opening kickoff, it was exciting, but we talk about it all the time, special teams wise. It's got to be first and foremost about transferable fundamentals and techniques. Then you got to get, you know, you make sure the right people are in the right places. And then we've got to have sound schemes, um, that exploit. Uh, opponents' weaknesses. So I think, you know, we really focused on those little details of the special teams units last week, and, and hopefully we can do it again this week.
0: Coach, you generally ask this question early, early in the season. We're there right now still. So it's a little bit different for you, though, I think, because as JB points out, you kind of have a strong situation you're coming into so you know many first year head coaches would say you know I just want our, my uh, players to play hard and, uh, the hardest they can every game and everything else uh, that'll be how I define a success of a season but is that really the case here with Ithaca or is it you know anything short of a Liberty League win would be a disappointment in your mind right now
2: well part of the reason I'm here Frank is because of the high expectations year in and year out you know it's not going to be this year it's going to be next year it's going to be the year after that are are the people that are involved with this program the alumni of this program expect us to be nationally competitive every year and i think uh, that's an expectation that i embrace i would rather be at a place like this that expects to win than somewhere that's rebuilding uh, quite honestly and i think you know for us we just gotta be able to manage those expectations and the way you do it is just focusing on i know it's such a cliche answer but focusing on one day at a time one play at a time one week at a time i think when I first got here, the guys were really just down, just kept talking about the four points they could have had last year, They would have change the season. And, you know, I really tried to quickly get that out of their minds and just focus on being the best they can today and, and being the best teammate they can and enjoying the process, enjoying being around each other. The camaraderie of this, of this veteran group is, is second to none. And I think it's something that's laying the foundation so that for years to come, we continue to be competitive.
0: Those four points being, I believe, the RPI game uh, that uh, things just went a little haywire in for uh, Ithaca, ultimately. And, uh, JB, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get you up to New York, uh, possibly for this big game that's going to get played later in the season in the New York City area. Have you heard about this thing? Uh, it was uh maybe referred yeah, to I as think, the uh, corteca game or something like that last Corteka, night
1: <laughs> yes yeah right <laughs> yeah. we, we talked we coach we talked with the guys at reddit college football last night and and you know they they support division three which is awesome but it, you know it was kind of funny when they referred to that game as
2: the cortaka um <laughs> joke game so hey, um, hey listen Michael maybe, the cortica uh, the Cortaca cup but Michael K can call it whatever he wants. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's obviously, you know, almost a whole nother season away, but I, I imagine, you know, you got a chance to go down to Yankee stadium with coach Fitz, and you guys did all the media. I think you threw out a first pitch at the, for a Yankees game. I mean, obviously you're focused on Brockport this weekend, but take us back to the summer and, and what that was like to get to go into the city and, and start really experiencing,
2: you know, what, what it could be like in, in November. You know, you put your head coach hat on, and you don't even want to think about it, right? You just don't even want to talk about it. It, it was you know, something that I had marked on my calendar going down there. I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's taking me off my focus. I'm getting ready for training camp. Uh, but, you know, you, you kind of got to look at it from a perspective, like you'll never have this opportunity again, as far as throwing out a first pitch at Yankee Stadium goes, right? I think every little kid grows up dreaming about doing something like that. And for me, um, and Coach Fitz, you know, it was really cool to spend – a lot of time with him and and get to know him and his wife a little bit more and uh it was just it was a cool experience that I'll never forget my son was there my wife was there it was just and her parents were there who are huge, huge Yankee fans so you know from that experience standpoint it was very cool and then you know just the game itself like how unique is it that a division three team gets to go and play in Yankee Stadium right just this the same way it was back when we did it in uh, 2019 in MetLife Stadium, and then we're going to have guys on the team. You know, both Cortland and Ithaca will have players that have played in both MetLife and Yankee Stadium. And really, I don't think there's any college, unless you, you fact check me, guys. I don't think there's any college football players ever that have played in both during their their college careers. So I think it's no. it's so cool. It's so great for Division three to be put on the national stage. Right, just. You know, not just us, but everybody uh, that's involved for people to see how passionate Division Three alumni bases are. Uh, that's just that's just all part of it. And um, you know, we're excited to get. We're excited that week when we get there. But right now, it's it's one at a time. Well, as
1: as fans of of football, D three or otherwise, I mean. Both both teams looked outstanding in Week One. This has the potential of being a top ten national matchup in in Week Eleven. So you know we'll see what we'll see how it goes. I mean, there's a lot of football left to be played, but both uh, both teams look really solid, and and I'm excited for for the players especially to have that really amazing, unique experience. Um, And I might have to fly up to New York City for that. I mean, I know I've got a kid in Greenwich Village. I can crash on the air mattress, Frank. Maybe you'll you know rent me out a room or something you know, that that seems like Come a game up, i JB. should be at
2: be
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: i said it last night uh there will be no poll that we normally do on our uh final week of games uh, where you know where does frank go we I, frank is going to yankee stadium there is no doubt about that uh, and whether or not jb comes might be the poll ultimately we have uh coach not- your players I was just going to say, speaking of players, and I'll give you a chance to finish that thought. Uh, when you start up here, we normally give players shout-outs, but since you're a first-year head coach and a first appearance here on In the Huddle, we want to give you that opportunity for any shout-outs to any family, friends, or whoever might be watching. Coach Turper, it's all yours.
2: No, I just, listen, I've been quite. I've had quite the college football journey and um, just, just met some miraculous people along the way, and I uh, just you know, to my time back at Hopkins, all the guys that I coached down there, you know, myself and Greg Camara, our best friends, uh, and all the guys that have gone through that program. You know, I was there for seven seasons. It was such a magical run. Um, you know, Dan Swanstrom was such an impactful guy bringing me up to Ithaca. And I, I could never, you know, thank him enough for that opportunity to be up here as a defensive coordinator. It was really special for me being a first time DC and then, you know, being at such a you know historic program like Ithaca, all the people that are involved in this program, not just from an administrative standpoint, our, our AD Susan Bassett, but all of the alumni that I've, I've really developed great bonds with. And um, just I believe in them, they believe in us, and uh, we're excited to see what this thing goes. But, you know, I know all the players that I coach at Holy Cross, you know, those are a special group of guys. And I'm just so fortunate to have been um, just ingrained in that program for a couple of years, you know, around Coach Chesney. I, I feel like I got my MBA. and and um, defense and in my MBA in you know just being a head coach. And just, I'm so thankful for the relationships that I've built along this coaching journey. And that's that's what makes this profession so special. It's, it's the people that you come in contact with and you get to spend your days with.
0: Let me ask you, uh, what's the biggest thing you learned from the late uh, Jim Margraff over at Johns Hopkins? He's somebody that we all appreciated and loved and were shocked when he passed away suddenly. A few years back uh give us your thoughts on him real quick.
2: I mean I, <laughs> there's probably not enough time for me to express all the thoughts and gratitude I have for him and his family. um He took me from a twenty some year old boy and and kind of turned me into a man and um just being able to be around him every day and learn not just how to be a head football coach, but be a mentor, you know, be a father. Now that I have a son, like, I want to be like him. You know, I think he always told me that he always wanted to be a better dad than a football coach. And that always resonated with me and and will continue to do so. And, um, just, you know, doing the right things, for the right reasons is, is what he always preached to the team. And I think that's something that, you know, we're judged every Saturday by how we perform on the football field and what our record is at the end of the year. But, Um, you know, the way that he made people feel on a day-to-day basis, whether it's his players, his coaching staff, um, his family, the administrator, like no one ever has a bad thing to say about coach Margraf. And I'm just forever grateful that I, I could be with him, spend those seven seasons with him. And, um, you know, if I talk any more about it, it'll get a little bit too emotional for me, but I, I just, I love that man. I love his family and I'm just so grateful for my time that I was around him.
0: Thanks for your candor, we do appreciate that. Uh, good luck this weekend against Brockport. It will be a tough game as you begin to uh, head toward, although it's a little bit away, uh, the Liberty League schedule that you're going to be facing, which will also be pretty torrid uh, once we get to that point in time. And I will definitely be stopping to see you either on the road or uh, you know, at Ithaca at some point in time, on the hill. because yeah, you, you're you going to be in the conversation. I'm almost certain of that with respect to the Liberty League and Region 2. Good luck to you.
2: Thank you. No, it's a great league. These coaches out here are, are recruiting their butts off. Everybody's getting better. Everybody's better since I left. So it's, uh, there's going to be no walks <laughs> in the park in the Liberty League at all on a year-to-year basis. So we're, we're just excited to be a part of it.
0: Thanks for joining us, Coach.
2: Thanks, guys. Take care. Appreciate your time. Thank you too.
0: Coach yeah, Michael but, Terper, are you okay over there, J.B.? Something,
2: something
1: got in my eye there when he was talking about Coach Margraf. You could just tell the the level of respect and, and how he looked up to him as a, a mentor, maybe even to a certain extent a father type of figure. I mean, you know, Margraff's you know, legacy is pretty impressive, especially when you think of his coaching tree. And, and now I guess, you know, if it's not going to be uh, my Hobart Statesman going to the playoffs, man, I would love to see a, um, a Chimera versus Torpor, you know, Ithaca Hopkins playoff game. That could be a lot of fun, um, especially when you think about all the connections that those two guys have. So we'll see what happens. It's gonna be, the Liberty League is gonna be a gauntlet, but hey, Ithaca was picked first by the coaches. So, and that's that's for a reason. Uh, they've got a lot of, a lot of talent on that team. We'll see what happens.
0: Well, Greg was uh, on the family feud. It would be a whole different type of family feud, basically, at that point. So (laughs) how's that for a uh, uh, little bit of a uh, cliche scenario? But anyway, let's go back to our uh, coverage here. Regions 3 and 4, I'll let you take it away again.
1: Well, as I said in our, our last show, Region 3 is going to be the star of, of this weekend. Uh, we'll just cover off on that first. Huntington versus Birmingham Southern will definitely have an impact on how playoff pods are built down the road. Um, huge game, kind of a Alabama state championship, if you want to call it that. Uh, Wheaton versus Trinity, a huge cross-regional game, both in the top 10. Trinity, if they win this game, puts themselves in a, in a prime position Uh, down the road Wheaton though always in contention for the CCIW title as well as a playoff spot huge game there and then you know some of the other interesting stuff going on we saw Maryville give Barry a run for their money center um you know had to hang on against Hanover that game has a chance to be really exciting and then George Fox from all the way in the Pacific Northwest is coming down to Texas to play Howard Payne another interesting matchup they beat Redlands last weekend um Conference champion. so hey, watch out for the Foxes. And then obviously another big game, speaking of North Central and the CCIW, they'll be traveling to Indiana to take on Wabash. I'm pretty sure our friend Wally, AKA Greg Thomas, will be watching that one very closely. Another interesting cross-regional matchup, one to four, Widener versus Hat Hemp and Sydney, which was in a, a shootout with Wabash last weekend. That game could have a lot of offensive fireworks. So. Take your pick. Any of these games are, are really outstanding. It seems like we agree as far as Region 3 with the Wheaton-Trinity matchup being the biggest one, although uh, I guess Region 4 – well, Region 4 can't have Birmingham and Huntington in Region 4, Frank. That's a <laughs> Region 13, so that's a little bit of a typo, I think. But I'll, I'll go with NCC and Wabash. Um, I do feel, though, Huntington versus uh, Birmingham Southern – could be my region three game of the week even more so than the, the trinity game just because of the implications you know the loser of the wheat and trinity game still will be in prime position to potentially you know run the table and, and win a playoff spot but we'll have to wait and see how that goes yep
0: yeah, my goof on that one uh, how i put that uh however I kind of have co-region uh, three uh games a week there Uh, If I had to pick a Region 4 situation, it is NCC uh, Wabash as well because of the implications and the fact that Wabash looked like a Jekyll and Hyde team last week. I'd like to see what they are exactly uh, this week versus North Central indeed. Finally, let's go to Regions 5 and 6.
1: Well, I mean... The first game on the upper left is pretty much what everyone's going to be talking about from a national perspective. The defending champs are going up to Wisconsin to play a Whitewater team that really didn't play that well in Week One and, and could be, you know, staring down at a zero and two start, which is kind of a surprise. Uh, I, don't, I can't even remember the last time that happened, and I've been doing this for thirty years. Uh, River Falls, an up-and-coming WIAC team, is is going to St. John's. That could be an interesting matchup as well. Got a couple of other cross-regional things. Hendricks is is shooting up to St. Louis to take on Wash U. Franklin versus Aurora is another inter-regional matchup between teams that have playoff aspirations and conference championship aspirations. Chicago versus Illinois College, kind of a local rivalry game there. And then UW-Stout versus Wartburg. In the nightcap, we've got a couple of red-eye West Coast games that, that could be interesting. But I think overall, um, in Region Five, it looks like you're taking Franklin versus Aurora. I've got the uh, the Battle of Chicago, uh, I guess, or Illinois uh, on the line. Uh, that's that's pretty interesting. And honestly, Frank, though, what we what we have sort of left out here, um, and you know, we talked about the Crusaders and, and the Warhawks. We forgot about that that game about a donut. You know, where where is Wisconsin Lutheran versus Carroll? And maybe you know, now that now that we sort of let off with that, maybe that should be the game of the week because, hey, I mean, they've got the best trophy. You know, somebody's walking home with this with this beautiful thing. I mean, although it kind of looks like it could be arguably like a bagel, though. You know, doesn't it look like it could be like an everything bagel? Don't have have, bagel.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing on mute at you on that one. But uh, yeah, it actually does because it's got that kind of uh, texture to it. Um, the Glazers yeah. folks are probably not going to be sponsoring us after uh, we've stated that out loud. So uh, we'll, we'll see where this goes, basically. Yeah. Oy, uh How do we get ourselves in trouble without even trying? So, JB.
1: Beauty of live television.
0: People don't care about our takes on games. They care about our predictions on games, okay? And uh, you can see there is a clock set right now. Uh, at a certain time and uh, we need to perhaps get a little music in a moment here for everybody because if, if you don't have music you don't you don't have lightning predictions i, I hear it loud and good? clear you hear it loud and clear yeah. you see the first game on the screen the clock will begin uh, when you start this time because i believe i started last time and that is going to be for region one william patterson at fdu Florum. When you start talking, the clock starts.
1: Well, both of these teams had a win, and congrats to uh, William Patterson, their, their head coach, for his first college win. But also, we had a first college win for FDU Forum. Geez, this is a tough one, Frank. Um, but I guess I'll just lean a little on Patterson. They have a, a special teams unit that can score. They had a defense, I think, that caused some trouble. So I'll go with them. I'll go with them in a close game, 28 to 24.
0: Uh, Which team did you pick again? I just want to make sure I got this right.
1: Willie P. Willie P. That's
0: why I want to make sure FDU Florham, Van Kuren, and company will get their second win as they're trying to prove to the world that they're not just a mid-pack MAC team as uh, we saw last week against uh, Merchant Marine Academy. TJ Brown, uh, good quarterback uh, indeed. And so Jimmy Robertson should be proud for how he got him matured up there. Uh, So it's going to be FDU Florham by the score of 27-20. Randolph Macon at Catholic. Big game here. Uh, in terms of just two teams that should be toward the top of their conferences, I believe this season. So I'm going to go with Catholic this uh, game, and uh, by the score of uh, with Madden Lowe's arm, 31
1: 28. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Randolph Macon. I think their spring season plus the fall. I mean, they're used to being in these big time kind of games. Uh, so I'll, I'll give them a slight edge, but it's gonna it's gonna be a close one. I think it'll be like a thirty-one to twenty-eight kind of barn burner.
0: Rowan at Springfield. That's you.
1: Um, you know, I feel like Rowan is on a mission to prove last year was a fluke. So I'm going to take the Pros to, to maybe kind of upset things on the road uh, at Springfield. I think this is going to be a lot of offense, but uh, the Pros will hang on and win thirty-five to twenty-seven.
0: Uh, I'm going to give it to, uh, to, uh, Springfield. Uh, I believe that they have enough engines here, uh, not to get cliche, but I, 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 think they have the ability to do this at home versus Rowan. So I'm going to say, uh, the pride win this one with, uh, David Wells as quarterback, uh, doing well right now, uh, 30, 24, And uh, the next game, I will tell you, is coming up any second now on our uh, screen. It's going to be great when it does. I I know you're excited. I am, too. (laughs) What happened to the technology
1: upgrade that we had last week? Uh, Yeah. Brockport and
0: Ithaca. We should have known. I'm going to pick Ithaca. I I think Brockport's youth is still there, uh, but it's going to be a great game. I think a great defensive effort, ultimately. But Ithaca has enough guns to win this one. 21-17.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Andy Wingfield is probably the best QB in the Liberty League. Um, he's got all five offensive line starters back. It'll be a defensive struggle, like you said, Frank, but I'll take the Bombers at home, say, maybe on a Baja Monday field goal, 17-14.
0: to Cardi Mellon at RPI. Go for it.
1: So RPI knows that we pick against them that gives them a better chance to win, right? Because if I <laughs> – that's what always happens. We pick against them and then they win. So why not? I'll say Carnegie Mellon will somehow, you know, upset the apple cart. RPI still has a new kind of a quarterback getting up and running. That's a top defense. And by default, by picking Carnegie Mellon, you know, watch, the, watch the engineers win this one. What do I know? 21 to 17.
0: Truth be told, uh, I'm looking down here, uh, realistically, I have... Oh, These teams it? have Eight. barely played
1: each other. They've The last time they faced each other was like 1911. It was like 100 plus years ago, so they have no history.
0: Anything's I, possible well, well, I'm looking back at my ballot, and I actually have Carnegie Mellon ranked number 16 in the nation right now. And I have RPI unranked. And so I, I'm not going to pick against myself on this one. I'm going to say that okay. Carnegie Mellon wins this game uh in a uh another close one i think these are really good games you're picking here for us to pick 24 uh to 17 again uh on this one next game up is going to be huntingdon at birmingham southern and boy this game too i mean is huntingdon really that team that was only a touchdown away from beating or tying at least linfield I, I don't know I, I really think that Birmingham Southern actually is going to win this game I just had this uh, notion that they're going to come out and uh, you know take Huntingdon kind of uh, the air out of their sails or win out of their sails from what happened last week Birmingham Southern wins the game 37 uh, 31.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a Saturday night blockbuster game, one of several. And, you know, I think I'm also on board with the, yeah, Panthers um, at home. Huntington is a strong team, you know, definitely has a chance to win the USA South. But I think Birmingham Southern is, you know, kind of just a little little bit above them at this moment. So I'll take I'll take the Panthers to win it uh, 37-28.
0: Definitely looking forward to this game. This is the game that kind of proves to me whether or not Trinity is who we thought they were at the end of last season, and that is Wheaton yeah. at Trinity, the Tucker Horn show uh, at Trinity, who was uh, kind of watching our uh, Reddit CFB uh, coverage yesterday, I, I know, and he uh, appreciated uh, the mentions, I know, for that matter, too. You start.
1: Oh, man. This is like, you know, talk about picking between favorite kids. Um, both of the, you know – Either one of these teams winning wouldn't surprise me. Um, it's a little bit of a longer road trip. It's pretty hot down here in Texas uh, in the south right now, so maybe that helps. I think it's going to be a defensive struggle, but I'll give it to uh, the Tigers, 21-17. Um, to 17.
0: It's tough. I, I think it's the maturity of the team right now that Trinity has in terms of the years of uh, service by its main players, that gives me the same notion to give them the edge at home. Uh, Trinity, I believe, will win this game uh, by the score of 25-20. Next up, Widener at Hampton-Sydney. Boy, the, the game's i I just never imagined sometimes saying out loud, and we're seeing them. We're, we're picking them ultimately here. Um... Widener surprised us with that loss against Rowan last week, realistically, or at least me. I I think you've actually picked it correctly last week, but I don't think you necessarily would have been surprised if Widener won that game. And so I'm going to give Hampton-Sydney the edge here again at home. Uh, Score here, 34-21.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to test the lights on the proverbial scoreboard. I think it's going to be like a 45 to. 35 type of game maybe 41 but I'll, I'll give the uh the Tigers the, the slight edge at home
0: battle of former national champions uh north Central at Wabash hit it uh
1: you know until somebody proves me otherwise I, I feel like you know the Cardinals are still more you know the number two ranked team in, in the nation so I think they'll use their power run they'll win this one 38 14.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right about that. I'm curious just to see if Wabash can keep it close. That's the uh, key here for me. Uh, North Central wins at 47-17. I I don't think it will be too close, at least at the end. Franklin at Aurora. I I picked uh, Franklin to make some noise in the Heartland, and I believe they're going to in this game. Aurora did not look like the same team without Gavin Zimbleman last week, and so Franklin, I'm going to give the Grizz a... Uh, an edge here uh, in a high-scoring game, 41-37.
1: Well, finally, after we agreed on six picks in a row, I can I can say that I'm going with the home team, Aurora. When we'll we'll go with the BBs, and um, you know they they could have pulled out that game against Hope. It was a close call; could have gone either way. But I'll take I'll take Aurora in this one, 38-35.
0: Chicago at Illinois College, hit it.
1: You know Chicago's got that. Uh, World class running back. Illinois College though has those defensive backs that love to do the pick six routine. But I think Chicago is going to keep the ball out of the air on the ground, and they'll edge their uh, their neighbors by mm, say twenty eight to twenty one.
0: Yeah, a different class here for Illinois College to be facing. Chicago is going to be in the real. I, I think proverbial ceiling of uh the midwest conference by the end of the season this is a conference game by the way folks which is rare this early in the season but we have conferences in some cases yeah. with 10 teams doing that so here we go uh chicago wins the game i i would say 28 20 next up carlton wisconsin lutheran they're playing for carol this carol er- not carlton Whoops. it's uh, excuse me yeah We'll fix that. Don't worry. We got this. <laughs> that said, Wisconsin Lutheran is my uh, favorite in this game. Uh, either way, but uh, by a score of 28-21 again.
1: I got Carroll. Um, they're, they're more of a mid, mid-tier mid CCIW squad. I think they just have a little more firepower. Uh, they had a little more success of late. So I'll take Carroll to bring home that donut bagel, trophy, whatever it is. There you go.
0: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Confer- conference to be determined, apparently. yeah. You know what? We went through CCLW. the entire show pretty well until that. Yeah, thank you, CCIW. Yeah. It's Friday. Okay, River Falls at St. John's. You go first.
1: You know, I think the Johnnies will probably um, you know, do what they did last week and, and just capitalize on, on some turnovers. And this might be a little more of a – I don't know, but, man, River Falls certainly puts up the points. I'll still take SJU, but it'll be uh, like a 31-21 type of game.
0: Well, listen, JB, this is where things get a little crazy in our show tonight, or today. This is my uh, D3Football.com quick hits upset of the week, actually. I have River Falls winning this game. I I believe that... Coming off the high from last week, St. John's is primed to have a letdown scenario. And River Falls, if that's the team they're having a letdown against, can hold on to win this game. I have them winning 27-25 in this fall game. 25. Yep, you heard me right. UMHB Whitewater. Okay, again, we've got 37 seconds, but we may go a little long here. But looking at this game, I've said it multiple times to multiple people. This is not the games from last week. This matchup actually favors Whitewater more than last week's did in so far as how they match up against certain aspects of a team. The strength of UMHB is the offense. The strength of Whitewater is the defense. The teams that can beat UMHB, if there's anybody out there, are going to be able to take away a lot of the weapons they have on offense. Whitewater can do that. Does that mean they're going to win this game? No. It just means that this is going to be a closer game, and the defense of UMHB is going to have to play better than they did last week against Muhlenberg. They cannot give up nearly 400 yards to Whitewater. Otherwise, this could be a very long day for the crew defense and the crew team as a whole. UMHB wins this game 14-7.
1: Okay, well I have a I have the total opposite opinion of that. I think I think Mary Harden Baylor's receivers, I mean, Whitewater, sure they could maybe they can stop the run, but I don't think they can stop guys like Brandon Jordan and K J Miller. So uh, I think it'll be a, a slow start, maybe a low scoring game at the half, but second half should be where things stretch out and I'll take the crew to win this game forty five to seventeen.
0: And that is it for us, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I hope I right. uh, hope everybody uh, is not going to you know be too upset with us for how we pick things and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Jamie, uh, as always, give you the kind of the last word. But first, I want to tell folks, please. I know our, uh, the cameras again a little delayed uh, today. I do want to uh, say that? But uh, we're working on getting our technology right here. Uh, Your sound was good today, JB, so don't worry about that. Uh, But I wanted to send, again, our best to Trenton Duper. Uh, I had a conversation with him last night to see how his fourth treatment went. He said it was fine, it was a quick uh, infusion scenario, but uh, starting today, he's going to have his fifth treatment, which is actually gonna keep him in the hospital for five days. And uh, this, to me, seems like the one that's going to matter almost the most out of all those treatments at this point for his future, his uh, ability to bounce back here and everything else. So keep in your prayers, send good thoughts or good words to Trenton Duper, quarterback of center. He needs your help uh, just for that spirit. uh, The uplifting of spirit is just as important as anything when you're going through something like this, especially at his age. So please send your love toward him. What do you got for us as a uh, closing here in terms of things you're going to be watching for specifically this weekend?
1: Well, it's nice. Tonight we get a a little appetizer, some Friday Night Lights games, you know, highlighted by Endicott versus WPI, which is probably um, the most interesting, or at least my favorite matchup out of those four. And then Saturday we have another slate of about 95-ish games across the country, and they're really staggered out. There's going to be some great, Noon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and then the, the real primetime games, um, you know, there'll be like Huntington and, and uh, Birmingham Southern Tech, uh, Wheaton and Trinity, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but I think most of the nation will probably tune in early on at 1 o'clock to see how the Crusaders and, and Warhawks match up. Hopefully that game is not a pay-per-view. I, 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 I'm not a huge fan of, of the pay-per-view situation. I know that there's some teams out there that, that, that do that. But, hey, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure the Warhawks like to, to keep their video open. So I'll be checking that out, I'm sure, along with several other 35, 60 games or something, <laughs> multiple screens going just like every other weekend.
0: I see KJ Miller just uh, his uh, father actually has just uh, put me into a, a comment on Facebook. I'm a little scared to read it after he's probably watching our prediction show right now yeah. and uh, me, me saying 14. So what was your final score again? You you had a much higher. I know that.
1: Yeah, I think it was like 45, 17, or 21. Yeah, I think I think I think the crew is gonna keep doing what they're doing.
0: We're gonna find out, and uh, I I could be definitely. Uh, Wearing some egg in my face on this whole thing, so we'll 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 see how this goes. Um, you know, I, I, I am never shy about this stuff. You know that fourteen uh, seven Frank Rossi quote from KJ. Sometimes you gotta make them into believers. No hard feelings. So from our interviews last <laughs> week. Oh God, you know what? Uh, I, I probably deserve that. There,
1: that. Aren't any, there there aren't any there aren't any. Um, receivers or defensive backs that I think are, you know, from the Midwest that have seen guys like Brandon Jordan and K.J. Miller, i just put it, put it out there. They're going to have a hard time keeping those guys in check.
0: Oh, I hear you. And like I said, you can't necessarily stop all the weapons, but this is a different game scenario. This is definitely a different game uh, for them. And this is not going to be 62-13. Okay, let's just make this clear. Uh, White is going to bounce back a little bit on offense, and uh, as I said, the defense needs to step up. And uh, what was telling to me was when uh, Tommy Bowden said to me, even despite a good game by him—six and a half tackles, one for loss, uh, and the pass deflections—I believe uh, they gave him forced fumble as well—that um, you know he he needed to improve. Uh, that it wasn't a great game. He didn't feel for uh, him, at least, and the you know the tape would tell. So they know they didn't play as pristine as they should. But it's going to be a challenge to do it against that offensive line, especially of Whitewater. I I don't care what year it is. I don't care if Quinn Miners is there or not. They are a tough line. That's just the Wisconsin football mentality, period. So that's why this thing lines up a lot differently. This is why going into the game last year in the semifinals, we thought that it could be really close. And, you know, look, Kudos to the crew for jumping out and staying out in front in that game the way they did. They punched them in the mouth, uh, and there wasn't really much of a response from Wisconsin Whitewater in that game. But as much as, White, as, much as UMHB and Coach Harmon say, we're just going to drag out that video from 2019 uh, in terms of how they knocked us out of the playoffs and just jumped on us early and often, Whitewater's able to say, we're able to pull out the tape from 2021 in the same general manner. And so this is going to be a close game. This is exciting to have it this early in the season. I just hate the implications that it really could create some problems to get both of these teams into the playoffs. Because these still are, in my mind, two playoff-worthy teams. And Whitewater will not have an easy path, that's for sure, if they lose Norwell, Mary Harden, Baylor. The loser of this game is going to be on the outside fighting to get back in, realistically based on how we've seen things play out over the last couple of years, or last couple of seasons at least. Okay, JB, uh, I'll tell you now, I'm going to be heading out to WPI. I was trying to call our friend Rusty Egan uh, to tell him uh, myself here that uh, I'm going to come out and see the Endicott WPI game. Hopefully I I can get credentials. Yep. So I will see everybody out in Worcester uh, later on tonight, Uh, then come back for Carnegie Mellon at RPI tomorrow coach larson and coach icernia uh you know coach icernia is going to probably have a bone to pick with me but hey what's new and uh maybe i'll bring this and wear this uh if they win uh once again there so yeah yeah who knows but uh folks thanks for joining us we will see you next week uh, in the interim we'll have some twitter a- action going on and some uh post game interviews and all that stuff that we normally do but we'll see you next week uh, probably on Monday or Tuesday. We'll, we'll try to figure out if we can get Crunch Time in the bag on Monday for you so you get your action that you want to see Monday night. Yep, exactly. Stay tuned.